You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Low Winter Sun After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Low Winter Sun After Show. Hey guys, Bing is for doing, and we're here doing another Low Winter Sun After Show. Season 1, Episode 2, The Goat Rodeo. I'm here, I'm Steph Z, joined with... Phil Svitek, just filling in this one time for Matt Lieberman and Ornia Lee. Sweet. Yeah, they both couldn't be with us tonight, but we're here. We're going to talk some Low Winter Sun. Um, a good episode. I'm, be- I'm becoming a fan of the show. AMC is really good at uh, these kind of dark dramas. Yeah, and dark, twisty dramas where yeah. they kind of don't want to give you all the information right away, which is which I like. Like I like trying to figure out like who's. I this feel like person. an idiot. <laughs> I, I mean, that's for me. I, that's you know. But so we're gonna try to dissect it. We are gonna try and dissect it. So we open up where we kind of left off last last episode. Um, you know, there's a murder, or you know, there's a homicide. Now that they're figuring out, it's unfolding into more of a homicide. There was, you know, a chopped up guy in the trunk which was uh you know trying to figure out if brendan put him there who he is why he's there so they're kind of dissecting that a little bit what i liked about um you know that scene was everyone kind of was on edge and um it was smart to say hey you know what we're all tired we're all irritable yes so let's not take anything personal yeah that was very big of frank to say that knowing that he knows more information than everybody else in that tent correct so i think that was a good step um i also like that you know right away i feel like there's an energy from frank that he's trying to distance himself away from joe yeah like you know they walk away and you know in front of the chief and in front of everyone he's just like you know what you 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 should go home you look like shit you should change your clothes you know just take a minute regroup and again i feel like he's trying to do that to benefit himself and so he's not attached to joe at all well especially you know um as as they're walking in you have uh you know, the guy just kind of looking at them, don't pull that jurisdiction crap. And, right. you know, he's kind of, so I, I feel, you know, just not to get ahead of us, but even in the previous for next week, he's the guy kind of piecing stuff together. Yeah. And so it's a reaction to that. Boy, the internal affairs guy, that's who you're talking about? Yeah. He, um, he is. And I feel like even last episode, I felt like he was kind of on to there. There's a deeper plot here. There's something else going on here that we're not aware about. Like, I feel like he feels an energy between Frank and Joe. Um, you know, we, we'll see it again in the morgue a little bit later in the episode. And, you know, he's, he's kind of a smart dude. He sees that it's happening. It's going to be interesting seeing that play out, especially since they introduced it so early on that it's going to be a fun, you know, I don't think it can last the whole season. I think something's going to have to give. But, um, you know, I think for the first half of the season, it's going to be a nice cat and mouse game between the two of them. Right. You know, until something happens to Boyd. Yeah, I agree. So um, taking that, we go into Brendan's house. And I think I really loved how it was like pan across like award, award, 
Coke table, Coke table, award, award, roll of money. You know what I mean? Like it was really panning that he really was the good and the bad cop, which mm-hmm. I thought was very interesting right away. And I don't know. I feel like a few of the cops knew that. It didn't come as such a shock, but it was, you know, just played out in a way that was like, okay, we know this guy was dirty. And again, Frank is just like, I'm not letting Joe back until we find out what's going on with Brendan. He's really trying to be like, maybe Joe's involved, like keep him out a little bit. So mm-hmm. I think it's a smart move by Frank, really. It is. And, uh, and, and you know, that that's actually a great dichotomy. I, I, no, I definitely noticed that, but not to the extent, I never pictured it that way. Right. You know, so I, yeah, I think, and that's with AMC shows, they're just so great at kind of cinematography in general and taking their time in that and having fun with the visuals. Yeah. And I also like how, again, Frank, it's almost like he's building his case so that if anyone ever thinks he's dirty, he can be like, but wait, like they'll, they'll question it because he goes to the female cop, Kali Hindo, I think her name is, if yes. I'm pronouncing it right. And because in the previous episode, she had come over to the car and saw them interacting and talking in a way that she was a little bit suspicious of or or it looked like she was suspicious of. And Frank just she didn't even ask again. But Frank went over and was like, you know, just so you know what we were talking about. I was you know, I accused Joe of being a dirty cop. And, you know, he, he like offered up that information and it wasn't even asked for. Yeah. So I thought that was, um, you know, a little interesting. Um, so then we cut there and we cut to what I thought was a brilliant scene of Damon. And, you know, we've got the Coke crew, Damon and them. And, you know, one guy, I feel like the, the one guy who, I'm not sure of his name, uh, the, his, his buddy, like his sidekick, um, he is feeling a little bit insecure. Like maybe we should like take a minute. Maybe we should wait six months, bury the coke and then come back to, you know, to do some of this later. Like we, we start to see that there's a bigger plan happening with, with the bad guys, so to speak. I, ironically, it feels like, uh, a higher end version of Requiem for a Dream. I know. You never saw Requiem I for a Dream? I didn't. Marissa, I'm terrible. Our engineer, you saw Requiem uh, yes. Yeah? Yes. Well, anyway, for those of you who haven't seen it, check it out. It's a great movie. But it's it's very much about like aspiring to do more, but obviously in this sort of way. Right. Um, and while they're they're a little bit better than the protagonists of, of Requiem for a Dream, they're also – they kind of remind me of just still being idiots deep down. <laughs> right. You know, and this isn't going to come really to fruition. It's going to somehow – it's ironically going to hinder – someone in the end right yeah i I feel like they've got a like they've got the big master plan but they're just building it on like quicksand is what it feels like a little bit it feels like uh, you know uh, i know this isn't a comedy show but but bear the improv with me by the way i'm not a comic fan by any means and i don't know if (laughs) steph is or isn't but it'd be like dude we should make a million bucks and then you say that's a great idea that's a great idea uh dude we could sell something what are we gonna sell uh, you're gonna make t-shirts. Let's we can make, make it. Yeah, we'll sell a million t-shirts at a dollar a piece. And we'll have a million. You know, it's like that kind of mentality of the way you just, just right. doesn't stop. And right, there's no big thought out yeah. situation. Um, which during the end we do see that some of it is thought out to the extent where you know they know that there's certain people that they have to get on their side to make their operation go. But what I thought was a great scene um, was 
you know, when they were questioning Damon's intentions and his timing and his plan, and he they he kind of tried to get Damon's wife, Maya, on his side, you know, maybe thinking she would be a little bit fearful about the whole situation, and she kind of just handed it to him and was just like, six months ago, you guys had nothing, pretty much, is what she said to them, mm-hmm. you know, um, which I thought was really brilliant, and it's just showing, like, Damon and Maya really are the, the power role, and, you know, there's there's a little bit of insight into Maya's past, which we don't know yet. But, you know, there's a scene where Joe is in the bar. Um, that was a great scene. Yeah. And he's just like, you know, I'm paying for my coffee this time. So there's this all this there's this web that we're trying to, you know, un, unweave and figure out who's connected to who. But um, when Joe goes into the bar. He sees Maya and he puts the money on the table and he's like, no, I'm paying this time. So clearly there's a relationship there that he would come in, he would get served for free, they do some dirty business and that would happen. And he's pretty much, you know, trying to cover his back now and say, you don't know me, you don't have my number. So I think that there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of information, but not full stories yet, which is, I mean, you feel in the dark. I've kind of, I kind of like it a little bit. I mean, it's, you know, uh, just a quick recommendation. Uh, see The Killing, uh, also another show on AMC, and Marissa can attest to this because we used to do the after show. It's, the pacing is very different. The Killing was much more slower, mm-hmm. but there are remnants of that in this, um, in a good way, though. Okay. Note to everyone out there. Um, okay, so we skipped around a little bit. Well, let's go back a little bit. We're still in Brendan's house, and there's a there's two things that happen. Um, first of all, with Boyd, what happens is how he you know makes this remark towards duck hunting, which pretty much you know as much as Frank wants him to go away, he's pretty much like, yeah, I'm going to wait this one out because I know that I'm going to be involved in this case somehow or another. So you know, you it's ever, cool. But you ever I'm been duck be hunting? I have not. You have I used not. to play the game though on Nintendo. Sure, I you know I, it was just interesting to kind of you know to figure out what the underlying symbolism for that is. Just waiting. Yeah, yeah. You know, but but also the fact that you know duck hunting usually there, there's a flock of them. Right. You know what I mean, and you kind of pick and choose which one you're going to go after. You know. Right. The, oh, which, I like that one. I yeah. like that. I'll go with that one. So you know, because it's not. He, I think you. In the end, he knows it's not just him. Right. There's a group. Right. And that's what duck hunting is all about. The flock. The flock. The ducks fly together. <laughs> Birds of a feather flock together. Whatever it's called. Um, so that happens at the house. And then also at Brendan's house, which it's, I'm still amazed at what happened last week in, in the play out of how they faked the cameras out and showing that like Brendan actually went back to his house when we know he never went there. And uh, you know, like when they were in the driveway, I was like, wow, they totally had it planned. They went in the driveway. He hid, you know, that was just such a brilliant shot that it reminded me of. Um, but I think the, the, a lot of stuff happened at Brendan's house, but the key thing that happened is Frank finding Brendan's cell phone and retrieving a voice message from Katya. And it just said, yes. So so what is that yes to is what what is like the next piece of the puzzle. We keep getting more and more pieces of the puzzle. So we'll, we'll have to figure out what that, you know, goes to. Any ideas? Uh, no, because here, it's it's like it's one word. It's so tough. You right. know, had had it at least been like three words to formulate right. a like yes isn't even considered a sense. You need a verb and a noun. Yeah. And it wasn't there wasn't much tone that was like to there was no tone to read into it was just kind of like yes like a strong yes is what i felt 
Um, so again, so Brendan's house, lots of stuff happened there. Um, and then, um, you know, but here's, here's the nice part about it. What I'm going to love, you know, when it clicks, it's going to click. Right. Like just the fact that once kind of the things align and we'll be able to see of just based off of, you know, I, I, I mean, this would be the cliched moment to do it where someone just kind of leans back in their chair and they cut to, you know, the, the yes. And then everything just clicks in that moment of wow. Right. So with the things we're about to see in the next coming episodes, all aligned to that. Right. And again, I don't want to jump ahead, but because, you know, everything but is... But it's the first two... Ep- you, yeah, you I, got I, it. I, you got to try and piece it together. Here's the thing. It's not only the first two episodes. It's the first two episodes of it's the series. series. And so everything's right. going to be, okay, what is going to happen next? Whereas if we had perhaps a season past, then it could, we, we could would judge... The yeah. yeah. So for me, where I went to with that yes at the end was somewhat of a yes, she is... You know, because because we learn that there's a possibility she's still alive, and we learn that Joe maybe dropped her somewhere, and maybe she was trying to get to another place because, however, she got into whatever situation she was in, they were going to get her out of it. So I wonder if that yes was like it's a safe yes, like mm-hmm. there should be not enough time to trace a call, not enough time to do anything. It was just like and and if they had been talking in the past. He probably would see that would be her number that came up. So you kind of like when you get a voicemail on a phone, you see who it's from. So you don't need to say like, Frank, it's Katya. Yes. You know what I mean? So maybe that was some underlying message like, you know, yes, I'm safe or yes, I see that these people have drugs or yes, this or yes, you know, Joe's, you know, you have enough information to set Joe up so that we're clear or whatever was going on. There could be so much that was going on. Those are all good theories. I like them all. I thought of all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so then, um, so then we, let, let's talk about the morgue. Okay. So the morgue was a very, you know, fascinating scene for me in a way because I don't know that I've ever seen, you know, a body just chilling without a head, which was, you know, a little bit of an interesting something to see. And I like again that, you know, Joe is still supposedly told to go do something else. And Frank is down there with Boyd from Internal Affairs. And, you know, they're starting to think these theories. And it, it's kind of starting to become blatant that Frank's not a good liar, to me at least, when he's like talking about. Is it because you know dramatic irony and you know that. It's because when he says, for me, it was a little bit far fetched when they were talking about how the wrist was broken and that if the wrist would have been broken when he was still, when Brendan was still alive, there would have been internal bleeding. So because there was no internal bleeding, they could tell that the broken wrist was postmortem. So therefore, to me, when he was like, well, is it possible that a ship could have came along, like a cargo boat could have came along and hit the car and jostled him enough to break his wrist that was already in a handcuff? To me, that was very far fetched okay i yeah i I mean it it certainly makes sense i mean i don't like thinking about that because it makes him a lesser character you know what i mean if if he's like the pinnacle of the show i I want him to be so strong that he's just on it right but but maybe he's so strong that he actually like in that he's a bad liar it leaves it leads me to believe he can't be that dirty he could still be a strong character. He could still be a good cop. But to me, it's like this This all is revolving around the fact that he's looking at a guy that he knows he killed. 
So, you know what I mean? Like, he's he's bad on that spot. And, and then, you know, later in the scene, Joe comes in and is, is very aggressive about, this was my partner for four years. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be part of this investigation. And they tell him the story again. And you, you can see, like, Frank looking at Joe, like, a couple times when they're telling him what's going on. Like, oh, man, we screwed up. Like, oh, man, like, this wasn't going to happen. And I feel like you could see in his eyes a little bit the fear when they got down to the point where when you know Boyd comes in again and is like we're gonna have to test the let's test the water in his lungs see if it's a match because even though in the first episode they specifically went not to one fish tank and went to the water that they didn't think through that the water would have chlorine in it well that was, that was the biggest uh you know in terms of a bad liar he said all-star work or something like that you yeah. know and just you might as well have gritted your teeth and been like you mother. Right. Like, he's trying to overcompensate for something that he knows is not the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know, I don't know what happens in those moments where a breakthrough like that happens if Frank, you know, if he was indeed happy the fact that this was found. Right. But at least, you know, be happier about it or just kind of say, don't even don't say that line because that line the way it was he he delivered again my it was just through gritted teeth right Fantastic. and that's what i'm saying like Horrible. it seems like he's not a good liar in that sense where joe is so straight faced like well how did it happen well what do you mean we got a double homicide what's going on yeah. and frank's kind of like well could it have been some like weird boat coming through and broke his wrist like to me that was a little bit showing yeah. that but in the end of it i feel like what i'm getting from that is that He's not a dirty cop and he really got pressured into killing Brendan with Joe because he thought that Brendan killed Katya. So that there was this other motive rather than just being a dirty cop or the motive that Joe's bringing to the table that he might be involved in, you know, this coke moving and money and this, that and the other thing. Like it was really just like a love driven, like I've lost my mind because you killed my girl. So I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Which, you know isn't right or wrong but i feel like in the scheme of the cop stuff it might be it might be a better ending for him you know and it's interesting to you know in terms of joe um how he's reacting to this whole thing because you know he's he's willing to go along with everything that he's told to do but to the bare minimal right so much so as he comes back to his house you know uh, his mom's like can i make you a patty melt no i don't have time for that Mm-hmm. But it's a it's, it's a patty mill. How long could it take? Well, that you know, he just doesn't have that time, and you know, he puts on the new suit, and then he's out. You know, because that's what it was about. It was change your clothes, rest up, whatever. Right. Well, he also did something very important in the bathroom. He did some coke. He did. So that again just shows that he is, you know, doing coke, dirty, dirty cop. You know, he's he's mixed up in, and it's almost like he had a stash there at at her house. Because he didn't, I didn't think he said he lived there. He said, to get this straight, it's my house. Maybe he did live there. But it seemed like he was, like, stopping through in the closet. It looked like there was only a couple of outfits, like, just in case. Or, I mean, maybe that's just the way that it is mm-hmm. there with. But either way, the uh, the line is interesting. You know, let's get it straight. This is my house. So, yeah. You know, uh, he, it's either he's living there or if he's not. But if he's not, then it's still cool to hear, you know, to his own mom, like, hey. You're living on borrowed time in my house. Yeah. So, you know what? You can say all this, you know, I should eat my patty melt and stuff, but, like, I'm paying the rent, so I don't need to eat the patty melt if I don't want to eat the patty melt. That's pretty much what um what I got. And I think that. it's his mentality, you know, um, I'm sure in a lot of his sort of ventures. You know, he he, right. he likes to be the alpha male. Right. Uh, yeah. No, I can definitely see that with his character. Um, 
so then, you know, and you see that Joe's kind of, he's kind of starting to piss people off too in other places. Like he's pissing off, um, Cali Hill. How do you say it again? Cali Hill. Ca- Caliendo. Caliendo. Um, Officer Caliendo because, you know, he's supposed to be there investigating the murder of who Damon shot last week over drugs and, and helping her find stuff. And he never shows up. So he clearly isn't doing, you know, she's getting pissed off, which again, that I think showed, which is kind of cool. Another really powerful woman scene is when they go to the liquor store and clearly she can speak the language that the owner of the liquor store can speak. And she was like, you know, you, you look at me. I'm not your sister. I'm not your mother. I'm going to help you. And I think that that was a very, like, there's two situations in this this episode that were very like empowering for women, which was Maya. And I'm not like trying to be some like feminist, nothing or other. You know what I mean? Like no, I'm just it's saying, still, like, it's still great to see because I think, uh, you know, though, in, in, especially in these sort of types of, you know, whether movies or TV shows, um, the women don't really have a place. And, 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 and it's great because to an degree, I guess they're not going to be expecting her to do much. Right. And the fact that she could be, you know, she could attack the proverbial Achilles heel because they're not expecting it. Right. It's, it, you know, I think they're setting up something big. Yeah. I think they're definitely setting up something big there that's going on, which, which is kind of cool. Um, and then there's another, there's lots of, lots of scenes either at the, the police station, crime scenes or the bar really mm-hmm. is, really is where we're going so far. Um, and, you know, again, there there's a scene at the bar with the guy who was in the military and he's, you know, suffering the post-traumatic stress syndrome. And he's, you know, last episode, he says that all he really knows how to do is kill. So, you know, of course, when I heard that, it's like you think like a bulb goes off and they're like, we want this dude on our team, you know, and he's he's protecting Maya in a way. Like the, the sleazy guy sits down next to her and, you know, he orders a... Hennessy, I think it was, yeah. and you know how he puts the the money close to him, so she has to lean in so he can get a cleavage shot, and the other guy sees the whole thing, and he just like knocks him out pretty much. Like, well, it didn't help punch. that he also said nice piece of ass. Well, he did say that too. He did, which is a little bit sleazy. That's that's a little over. Yeah. So he's he, and he's only communicating through through. He hasn't spoken yet. No. He was. Oh, actually, he did. He spoke when he was uh, working on the pipes, and he wanted more than fifteen dollars. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Which that was a, a crazy scene as well. It was crazy, you know. But the fact that you know he's kind of accounting for everything that he's doing, and um, you know, and, and is able to stand up in that way, you know, because like, how much do I get paid and whatnot? And it's like, okay, no. Based off of that, here's I think it's seventeen fifty. That's what you owe me. Right. But he was super crazy in the way that he said it. He was like, you know. I got here at two o'clock with a pipe in his hand. Like I got here, like he's gonna pipe somebody over two dollars and fifty cents. But again, to me, I'm not quite sure exactly when this takes place. Have you got like eighties, maybe? Because so pretty much this. Like, when's the last time? But, but why I'm confused is because. Detroit now is is a bankrupt city. It is so run down. So so it's possible that people there are working off the books for $5 an hour because there's nothing else available. You know what I mean? So I feel mm-hmm. like the things that are happening and maybe it wasn't meant to be that way that after this you know this series got shot and then, you know, a, a couple months ago they declared Detroit bankrupt. So I think that might be messing with our timeline a little bit. Possibly. I mean, uh it feels present day to me regardless yeah. 
you know, I I don't know. Maybe I don't know Detroit that much, but it doesn't feel very Detroit centric. Right. I mean, they're using a few backdrops here and there, but I don't, you know, I don't know if it's come into play too much. Uh, fans, if you're from Detroit and listening, let us know. Um, I'm curious about that because. I don't know. It just it hasn't fully come into play. I don't think. Yeah. Well, I've extent. been to Detroit. Um, the most recent time I was there was a couple, like maybe like two or three years ago. A friend of mine was shooting a movie there, um, and it did look very, very like it would literally be like building, building, rundown, building, 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 rundown, building. Like it felt very, like I, I don't know. N- not that I completely disagree, but I feel like it does feel very Detroit. Like it's it's gangs and and I don't dr- not gangs, but it's like drugs and and prostitutes and people are doing people are like a desperation yeah. of how we're going to do something anything is is the old is for me the more the feeling that i grasp from it all rather than the, the look or whatever okay but it's just so it's a mentality based off of your environment okay i could see that yeah um but again, speaking of our viewers, thank you guys for watching so much. We appreciate your comments. Go to iTunes. Yeah, we're a brand us. new show, you yeah, know? I know. So, Give us some love. Tell us what you want to hear about. Tell us what you don't want to hear about. That's right. When you go on there and there's only like five comments, don't, you know, don't, don't automatically don't assume it's because we suck. It's like, you know what? No, we just started. Yeah. Leave two. If you see five, leave two. If you, you see know. ten, leave three. You know, uh, so definitely rate and comment. I know a lot. The, the good news is a lot of you have been downloading the, the podcast. But again, uh, just get those comments up there. And, and also the, the most important, I feel, is just, just spread the word. It's a brand new show. So not only are you helping the show, but also you're helping us because now you're spreading about AfterBuzz. This is right. Because you can't listen to AfterBuzz without watching the show. No, you really it's can't. We, we, kind of, we kind of spoil it for you if you do. If you listen to us, you kind of don't really have to watch the show. I think it's spoiled, but then I also think it's like, what the hell are they talking about? Right, right, right. Well, again, that's because, I mean, I'm on other shows, as you are, and it's like there's usually a little bit more of you know an outline to how we talk about things. With this one, there's just so much going on. It's so fun. Um, and while you guys are there, you guys can also, the creators and producers of, of uh, AfterBuzz, Maria Menounos and Phil Undergaro did a movie called Serial Buddies. Phil Undergaro? I'm his, I'm, oh I'm Kevin Undergaro's Kevin son. Kevin Undergaro. I'm fired. Fair <laughs> enough. No worries. No, it's, uh, you know, a lot of, it, and I will say a lot, a lot of people here at AfterBuzz TV actually um, were involved in this movie, yeah. like cast members, crew, all that. That's awesome. It's kind of like, if you guys wonder, like, Serial Buddies, what is it? It's kind of like, picture Dexter and Dumb and Dumber together. There you go. And it's got uh it's got a great cast, Artie Lang, Henry Winkler, Kathy Lee Gifford, Beth Bears from Two Broke Girls, Maria Menounos, of course, uh Christopher Lloyd from Back to the Future, Christopher McDonald from Happy Gilmore. Of course. And uh so it's it's night, you know, as you're watching this intense drama, you know, you might want to take a break. So just watch that. Lighten it up a little bit. It's available on demand, it's available on iTunes, it's available on lots of platforms, so just go to serialbuddies.com if you can't find it. Sweet. Okay, back to Lone Descent. So something else about the morgue that we don't find out right away is that there's still this this question of who is this chopped up body, which later we come to find out is one of Boyd's informants. He had someone in the sit like in already trying to like pretty much sush Joe out. Like, they thought that Joe was a dirty cop to begin with. And that comes to, like, Frank's surprise 
a, a very big surprise because he's like, what do you guys want with Joe? Like, what does he have to do with the investigation? And Boyd's like, Joe is the investigation. So I think that's a turning point, too. And Frank's kind of now like, oh, shit. Like, this is even more. Now, I've, I'm completely now intertwined with this guy that Internal Affairs is investigating. Yeah, I mean, it, it just it just goes to show that this, you know, um, like with the whole setting up of uh, of the business side for 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 our kids over there, this this wasn't fully plan- planned out, right? You know, and and that's what I like about it is, uh, you know, again, it it would be interesting if Frank was kind of a more all knowing person, I but I feel like that's the stereotypical route. So you know, this is right. good that it's kind of going against the norm where. Uh, I mean, because here's the irony: like he's he's a strong built guy, right? And you know, typically you have you know they would set it up where you have strength, intelligence, all these different things. And so the fact that you know he's kind of stumbling along with the audience is making for an interesting show. Yeah. Oh, I love this. I, I think it's a very interesting show right away, and I, I'm definitely sucked in. Um, and if there was any hint that you know that he that Frank isn't as bad, I think ultimately he will become more based off his situation and not wanting to get caught. Yeah, he has to. He has to he now kind of play down. the game. Yeah. yeah. And but in the same sense, he can only go down. But I feel like um, the girl cop Calahendo is that's not her name. Uh, c- 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 so I'm Wait. sorry. There, there is an officer named Caliendo. There's two that names sound uh, very similar. That her name is, let's call her Danny. Danny. That's her first name. There we go. Danny. Um, I do think even from last episode too, like I feel like she's got a sweet spot for Frank. So him confiding in her that he was already thinking Joe was dirty. Like I feel like in some way, shape or form, she's going to play a big part in keeping Frank out of trouble. Yeah. Um, I could see that. So we'll, we'll definitely have to see how that unfolds. Um, and then we go to, you know, we cut to a scene of Damon and his crew and Maya going to, you know, I guess what is going to be this this prostitute house. You know, they're walking through, seeing how many, you know, rooms they could have, seeing how many girls they can do, seeing what tricks they could turn, seeing how much it's going to cost. Um, and, and they kind of figure out that at this point, they're not going to have the cops on their side. So they need to go talk um, to what was his name? Grand Reverend. What's his oh, name? I'll look him up. Okay, um, but they, they they know that like they could be teetering on somebody else's turf is pretty much what's going on. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, which I think is a very you know we cut to this scene of them all walking through, being like, we're going to make twenty G's a week to you know showing up at this house, which I think was a very funny scene. Um, clearly, it was a predominantly black house and you know it was like they walked in and they were like everyone you know hold your stuff the white people here they're gonna steal your stuff you know what i mean like i thought it was a very um interesting way that they greeted them to come into their home pretty much with their kids running around having a barbecue everything like that um so you know they're they're there and demons trying to explain how they're just going to start running you know a little operation on the other side of town they offer him a bag of coke to like you know here's peace savings like you know and, and right away he's like you know how often are we going to get this from you that so we don't shut down your operation excuse me and he's like uh, you know this is a one time thing and he's like oh it must be a really small operation so i feel like did you get that guy's name uh, I did not. I'm trying to look. I'm trying to identify the face on IMDb. Okay. Well, anyway, I think it was like Reverend 
lowdown and there was Papa T was there. Um, so there was a lot of, you know, clearly those are the guys that have been running, running the turf, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, I feel like they, they've gotten the okay that they can try and do this. So I feel like we're going to see in episodes to come more. Reverend, of, uh, left for, let lowdown. Let L E F E V R E. Okay. That's- Reverend. So we need to get the Reverend's permission. Pretty much is what's happening, which also kind of goes back around to, well, no, it doesn't. That's totally left. But um, so th- th- there's a lot going on. But you can tell who runs what. You know, you're beginning to realize, like, okay, in order to get this done, we have to ask X, Y, Z, or we're going to get it set up and it's going to get shut down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we don't have the dirty cop helping us, so we need to do this. We need to have this much space around, which is really interesting the way that they're thinking about that. And I, I agree with you that there's there's big holes in this plan, so I'm kind of interested to see how it unfolds. Yeah, I mean, it, it just gives uh, multiple points of entry for, you know, which I, th- I think Boyd's going to be the biggest kind of guy to kind of uncover all these different he's going to be the driving force to do all these different things yeah quietly yeah. from the back it looks like from now but he's going to just start walking right up into the front i think yeah so um and then you know one of the biggest things in you know closing the episode we see frank go back to the to katia's you know crime scene pretty much her last known whereabouts and um you know, we see him sitting there and he's thinking and then all of a sudden Joe arrives again and he just right away puts his gun in Joe's face and he's like, you know, tell tell me what happened. Is she dead? And he's, you know, beginning to realize that she's probably not dead. And they have a really interesting fight scene, um, which Frank was completely overpowering. And I don't know if Joe is letting that happen a little bit or not because he knows what's been going on. Um, and he knows that he's in the know, but Frank clearly is pretty pissed. And, you know, he's like, would this blood on the wall match Katya's blood? And, you know, when he starts asking specific questions like that, that's when I feel like Joe is kind of like, you know, at first he lies and he's like, she's dead, man, she's dead. And then he's more so trying to, like, he understands that Frank's not going to take that as an answer and that Frank knows. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, finally tells Frank that she's not dead. Um, he does, says he doesn't know where he was, you know, you can go looking, but they're only going to find the both of us, which I thought was very interesting too. He's definitely leaving it as like, they are clumped together. Yeah. They are, you know, they are one. So if, if Frank, if you go do this, you're taking me down. And if I go do this, I'm taking you down, which I think Frank is not happy about at all. I don't think he wants to be intertwined with Joe at all. No, and as we've kind of pointed out multiple times, he's trying to distance himself. And again, Joe, so it, if the two biggest goals of, of them is, okay, uh, Frank distance himself, Joe, we stick together in this. Yeah. You know, because that's, again, just, just by the fact that Joe found Frank there, you know. And, and I, that that makes me think that Joe is a lot dirtier than we think right now. Like, did Joe kill the informant or did Brendan kill it? Who killed him? Who do you think? You know what I, I mean? Think, like, uh, I think Joe is uh, Joe. They're setting up Joe to be more than we expected. Like you said. Yes. And uh, to what extent, I don't know. But the fact that they've already revealed um, all these strong aspects about him at such an early stage is uh, he's playing cards close to his chest. Right. And do you think that it trickles up this dirtiness of cops? Like, do you think the chief knows anything that's going on? 
possibly. Uh, there, there's definitely um, there's definitely an element of corruption to to who. I mean, someone at a higher level has to know about something. Now, you know, it may be a character we have yet to meet. It may be a character that we right. met in passing. Well, that's the thing too, because they are like it's almost a clear setup that Joe is very dirty. So I feel like a, a way to keep it interesting, you know, would be that not only is Joe dirty, but he's di- he's been getting away with his dirtiness because maybe the chief's dirty or maybe, you know, someone that we haven't seen a lot of is dirty. Like, I feel like there's not just one. Clearly, Brendan was dirty. Joe is dirty. And no. how, are they, how are they both getting away with it? Um, I mean, or maybe that's just me being naive and thinking that people couldn't the system couldn't be that corrupt. But <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it I'm sure it exists. Um Yes, indeed. And then the place gets lit on fire. Pretty much. Which, the only thing, you don't see Joe, which, you don't really see Joe grab his gun, but then the last shot shows you that you see the dresser without a gun on it. Mm -hmm. So at first, I was kind of like, oh my god, they're going to find his gun. Um, But then, you don't, maybe not. I feel like that was a little... Yeah, that might be reading too much into it yeah. maybe I mean that's what we're supposed to tell perhaps perhaps um, and with that ends the episode yeah pretty much that ends the episode so um, we can go I feel like there's a little predictions that we can have let's do it let's move on into predictions and now you're after Buzz TV predictions um, what I liked about the the uh, the segments that we got to see was um, again it th- for for a cop show and an AMC show in particular things are moving really fast yeah you know it's not I mean again take the killing take Mad Men take Breaking Bad usually things develop over a long period of time and those they're great in their own way but I think they're borrowing some archetypes from those different shows and now because we're used to them they can speed shit up. Yeah, it's fantastic. I know, I know. I like the I like the fast. Um, and you know, obviously, for, uh, Frank's gonna. You know, there's something no one else is gonna pay for what we did. I think is his line, right? And I think that's a uh, part of it. Is they they miss they miss cue us in so many different ways. But it's gonna right. be interesting to see how that comes into context. Yeah, because they're gonna have to like. If it's not them that did it, someone's gonna have to be responsible for it. Yeah. So I agree. I feel like um, I feel like Frank and Joe are gonna go back and forth a little bit of like Joe convincing Frank to like not say anything, and then Frank having this internal battle that no, this isn't the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Frank, you know, will mess up one or two times with effort to see Katya or to inquire more. Like I don't think he's just gonna be able to leave that alone. Um, which we we'll see what happens, especially after to, you know tonight. Yeah, like he knows she's alive, um, and then I think you know we'll see more about the prostitutes too. See what happens. Of course, um, and you will not be seeing me next week because you'll have your two other fantastic co-hosts joining. All right, thank you guys so much for listening. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at i a m s t e f z. And you can follow us here at After Buzz TV, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you know, it, it, it's been a pleasure joining Steph Z. But again, your main host will return. I was just filling in. But, I'm, oh, you know, I definitely I enjoyed your opinion and I learned a lot. Sweet. 
Have a great night, guys. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 